Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. What's hotter than Florida in August? <laughs> this episode of Boggy Ooh, Talk. Oh, man. Hey, we hope you're doing well. How you doing, buddy? It's getting hot in here. I'm not going <laughs> oh, no, to finish the lyrics to that song. I'm not going to finish the lyrics to that song. Oh, man. Uh, and please, no pain on my for acting it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Welcome to Boggy hey, Talk. Hey, yeah. There you go. Way to start us off, Justin. That's right. Actually, it's my fault. There you go. Uh, man, kids are in school. They're back. They're back. They're doing homework already and mm. loving life, let me just tell you. <laughs> yep, oh, man. yep, yep. And man, it's been a busy, 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 busy. I, I forget how... I always say summer is a different busy, so it's like bi- still busy, but it is not as busy as when school starts. I was uh, wrong. It's just Remind crazy. me of that next yeah, year when I say Because I felt like summer was intense for us, and then uh, now I'm like, oh, here we go. It's all It's so happening. much logistics. I mean, I know every family. Mm-hmm. But we, ha- we have six kids. You guys have six kids, several different schools, activities. Yeah. Church. Yeah. There's just stuff, and everybody's got to be somewhere and mm-hmm. do stuff, and everybody's got different needs. And you needs get your mani petty every Friday, <laughs> right? You know me. Yeah, <laughs> got to keep those toes looking good. Yeah, uh, just kidding. Never done it, but uh, I hear it's great. Uh, well, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> now that we've talked speaking about pedicures of, and nail songs, hands and feet oh, and uh, the body, nice, uh, nice. see what we're uh, we're uh, gonna talk about. It really just following up this past Sunday's sermon, Ephesians chapter four. Talking if we are about, the body, then why are your eyes crying? Oh, How's man. that song go? <laughs> Why are your hands reaching? Listen, I hate oh, that yeah. song. Uh, uh, not the people who wrote the song, but it, like the song is like, if we are we are the body, why aren't? I'm like, but they are like this. Maybe your church, but uh, you know, like they are reaching. The hands are serving all the the body parts. Anyway, um, we're yeah. talking about being one. As as uh, Ephesians chapter four That's talks not like about. A, do people like sing that song? Like. Cause it's like, like, so I think it came if out. If we of a, are the body, you know, then and, why do we not do like, you know, are you really like getting into that? Song, like, someone should that? do like a PhD like dissertation on did that song actually start the modern deconstruction movement? Ooh. Like, because I think it was at a height of popularity of like let's call out everything wrong in the church, which yes. you know needs to happen if there's wrong. But it was like, I don't know. It's just like can well, you imagine seeing that on Sunday Derek morning, Webb, like pointing at people, you know? So they that was like a. A CCM version of Derek Webb's wedding dress. Song. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, you, they wouldn't Which play I, that one. On I the, liked wedding dress yeah. back in the day, and then it was like because it's more biblical. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, and then Derek Webb, and it was personal. It's like I, I am. You know, yes, exactly. It wasn't like all what Hosea mentions over and over that's again. That's right. Yes. All right. Well, hey, we're following up on Ephesians four. We're <laughs> talking it all. about Google being it all. one, unity, uh, what that means for us as believers to be yeah. one, mm. because I mean. It, there is uh, a sentiment among Christians, you know, and you, we hear this in the church, but you hear it amongst churches about other churches like, hey, we're all together in this, which is true. However, there are distinctions and differences. So yeah. if we are one, why aren't we one? Uh, mm. So let's, we're, I think we're going to maybe mm. talk about this mm. kind of first. That was deep. Yeah, you know. If like, we are one, <laughs> then, then why, why aren't, aren't we one? Because one? Uh, one divided by one is And one. have we won? W-O-N-1. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to maybe he start talking won. like internally and then moving externally uh, to what it looks like. So uh, yeah. Why don't we just yes. start with this past Sunday? Yeah, absolutely. So if you were here on Sunday or you listened, we're in Ephesians chapter four and we looked at verse four through six. I'm just going to read that real quick. There is one body and one spirit, just as you are also called in the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all 
and in all. Mm-hmm. And I read from the NASB just now, so the slight variation from the ESV. Um, so yeah, as we talked about, you know, there is one body. So um, while there are different expressions of that one body uh, through the local church, we are all a part of one body and there is one spirit of God uh, and there is uh, one hope of our calling and there's one Lord, there's one faith, which means ultimately like there's only one way to salvation. There's only one right. like way that we have relationship with God. And there's one baptism, which means baptism really only means one thing. Um, and then of course, one God and father of all. So I, I think that um, this is tough because, uh, you know, I think I, I, we use this word a lot, and I think uh, some people don't like this word, but it is a reality. It's attention this side of heaven. So right. maybe I should start saying like things yeah. are attention. They are attention this side of heaven because mm-hmm. we just don't see clearly. Paul talks about one day I will see yeah. full and full, mm-hmm. but we don't see clearly. And it's clouded by our sin and it's clouded by other man's sin and women's sin. Um, mm-hmm. We're all the, sinners. Yeah, yeah, the reality is... We are to be all one, believing the same thing, united in that. That is the picture of heaven. Mm-hmm. But right now, um, that's not fully true. And I and I think that um, the challenge becomes: okay, what is an essential? You know, I, I think I've referenced this several times through this series, and will be like the old saying is: unity in the essentials, liberty in the non-essentials, charity in all. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, and there's a Latin phrase that actually references that, where that comes from. Sorry. That's the challenge. What is an essential and what is a non-essential? And I think because of our global connectedness with the internet, it's becoming harder Ooh, yeah. to make that distinction. Because everyone's right. You know, we, we all think we're right. We default to thinking we're right. I think the Holy Spirit really has to teach us over time to yeah. default differently. Yes. Uh, that's a supernatural thing to be humble and yeah. think I, I may not be right about everything. Uh, secondly, it's... Um, it's a denial of self, you know, it really is, you know, to, to think that someone else may have, may understand something better than I do. Uh, but I want to go back to the essential, the quote you said about the, or the, the saying you said about the essentials, uh, let's define that a little bit because people have different definitions of what's essential and well, that essentially is what causes a lot of division. Yeah. So, I mean, we're defining at this point, we're defining it. Exactly. So, so, so. I, I think that needs to be clear. Like, we're not saying that this is absolutely the definition of this, right? Because there's it's a difference clear. of opinion and what is essential. Right. Exactly. And and I, and I think something that is important to understand, like when we think about being a part of a church, is we're at a church usually where so there's primary issues, mm-hmm. secondary issues, and tertiary or third level issues because a lot of people don't know what tertiary means. I think that primary issues are like, we don't believe you're a Christian if you don't believe these. Right. Mm-hmm. Secondary issues are like, we really probably can't have fellowship together if you don't believe these. Mm-hmm. Um, and then tertiary issues are probably like, we can be a part of the same church and have a difference of opinion on that. Right. So right now, what we're doing is we're defining what we would say are those things. So primary issues. Um, and I'll just use Ephesians 4. I mean- that there is ultimately one church, right? right. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and the head is Jesus. Yeah. So, um, somebody who believes the head is not Jesus, uh, and who believes, you know, maybe people who uh, have secondary issues are not Christians. Like, uh, we would have a hard time with that. Like, right. And and that is true of some 
mm-hmm. some Catholics, some Protestants, like essentially they are saying, hey, if you don't believe in our systematic theology or our doctrine, then you're not a Christian. It's like, well, no, the gospel is what saves. Mm-hmm. So um, so you've made secondary issues a primary issue. Right. Um, and then I would also say, like, if somebody believes there are many ways to heaven, like, we don't believe you really understand who Jesus is, you know, mm-hmm. like, because that's not the teaching of scripture. Um if you don't believe the Bible is ultimately the authority, I know there's some, like, we can argue some things about that, but that's that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What, el- what else would you add? Yeah, I think that's a great start. I think what it's easier sometimes to focus on the things that people make essentials that yeah, aren't, right. you know, and I'll just, I'll use Which a, I kind of did on Yeah, accident. exactly. Yeah, well, it's fine. I think. But when a non-essential becomes an essential, it's an essential, right? Ex- exactly. You've made it an essential. Exactly. By, by basically salvation by grace through faith alone, yeah. like the word, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, your, your view of scripture yes. is, is, is there. Uh, I think an easy one to talk about is maybe baptism. And that's in this passage, one baptism. And we would say that, you know, you're baptized in like as a symbol of faith, but some people, there are some denominations yeah. of Christians that would elevate that to a an essential that baptism is necessary for salvation, right? right. Which uh, we do not believe is in, is yeah. What so scripture, so so a, a work. A clear way to say this is like somebody who practices infant baptism, covenant baptism. Um, you know, we would say is a secondary issue and is an issue that we really can't do church together because we have this this big difference that affects the way we do ministry. But if they believe that that is ultimately a symbol of Christ's death for them, um, then we're not saying it's a primary issue. So we're right. not saying somebody who believes that uh, is not a Christian. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But we are saying what you're saying, if I'm hearing you correctly, mm-hmm. is when somebody then says, well, our way of baptism is the essential issue. Right. At that point, it's become a primary, and and maybe we don't see salvation the same way. Because mm-hmm. I've heard, you know, people say that that you must be baptized to be saved, uh, and that's not right. And you know, you go to you know the issue of infant baptism, uh, and you know there are wonder there are denominations that practice that uh, is covenant baptism or so as some would call it, and really like it's that's not. You said it affects the way we do church, but it doesn't mean that they aren't believers. It do, of course, it doesn't mean that necessarily, uh, and it just means that we have a different issue, a different perspective on that. And but we could still, as a church, work with a church or partner in a an event or some kind of outreach with those. That's not yeah, a right. not a break fellowship, or you're not. That's that's the the issue with in all of this, especially when we start moving outside the church mm-hmm. and working with other churches, mm-hmm. uh, is that there are some lines. However. We want to be, uh, you know, charitable, as you said earlier, in in those lines. In all things, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really believe, you know, that someone who um, practices infant baptism is wrong. Like, I mm-hmm. I do. But I'm not saying they don't believe the gospel. Absolutely. That yeah. That's how I would say that. Mm-hmm. Like, but I believe it's so wrong that it would really be hard to, like, do church together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But it's not hard to serve the community together. It's Absolutely not hard not. to do, you know— to love that person. Like that, that's a distinction. We're, we're picking one And if one somebody issue. went to that church, you'd be like, yeah, great. Good. You know, like there's one thing, this one big thing is something I don't agree with, but that's a healthy church. They're teaching the Bible. They proclaim this, you know, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So the essentials are like basically, you know, the, kind of the foundational of like, we're some, I, I would say there are things that put us in our place with who God is, who we are. And, um, 
you know, what it means to be uh, reconciled to him. Because essentially, like, if we're getting the essentials wrong, we're playing with people's eternity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's a and we're, we're flirting with blasphemy, you know, so that that is a big uh, heresy. That is, that is a big issue. I, moving on to the secondary issues, th- this is probably the challenge, like, um, is, you know, how do, how do I, like, maintain a, a relationship with somebody who I, like, think they're wrong about something that's very important to me? Um, and I would just say we do that all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and, and I mean, you understand, you have to understand where the relationship is. Like, we're not saying like we're submitting to one another in our understanding the word, you know, mm-hmm. um, there might be moments of that, but ultimately we're not. And, and I think you just have to, I think 10 years ago, I probably wanted to argue with everybody. Uh, now I'm like, look, it is what it is. They're never going to be at my church. They're never, you know, like it just, yeah. Now we might, we see changes in that in people's lives, but, um, yeah, I just, and I don't get, like, God's going to reconcile that. I yeah, trust exactly. Him. Like, yeah. he's big enough to reconcile those things. Absolutely. And I think kind of maybe a helpful way to, to frame it is, like, distinctives. Like, there's the essentials, and then there's the distinctives. Like, the things that would, uh, there's the things that we essentially agree with, with, you know, I would just use other churches in our community, you know? But then there's distinctives about our church that are, like, this is where we, we as a church would affirm, you know, the teachings of scripture that might differ from there. And so these are distinctive to us. Um, I'll, you know, use an example of like, uh, you know, one that always comes up and people ask us this sometimes like in discover about like, well, what does your church teach about end times? You know, and like yeah. the Baptist that faith. That does get asked a lot and yeah. explored just yeah. so you know. And, so the Baptist faith and message, I believe is pretty generous in accommodating different perspectives on yeah. this because it is, I, you know. So that would be a tertiary yes, issue. Exactly. Yes. And then some people want you to, they want you to affirm what they believe. Uh, and ultimately what we have said about this issue and other issues yeah. is like, here's kind of what we're going to teach. Uh, and if, if, if this one issue is the most important thing to you, it, it's probably going to become an issue to, to be mm-hmm. a part of this church because mm-hmm. we're just not going to focus on that. Like you want us to. Yeah. I like, I heard somebody say, um, I feel like you always have to say this, but I don't like everything that comes out of this guy's mouth, John <laughs> we, MacArthur. Um, and we've talked about negatively about kind of right. his approach to some things here, but he says, they say in their church, or at least did, we have what we teach and we have what we believe. And his point was, um, this is what we teach as a church. Mm-hmm. So like, that's going to be clear. We don't deviate from that as a church. Now, as each of us having the priesthood of the believer, we might have some other more distinct beliefs, mm-hmm. um, like end times. But here's what we're going to teach about end times. Here's what we're going to teach about, right. you know, whatever. Um, and so, so I think like that needs to be established. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, in our church, like it is in Baptist churches in general, it is a little more of a big 10 approach. So like, right. like you do have churches that say, Hey, we believe reformed theology. And so that's what we're going to teach. And we're, and then you have churches that we don't. And so we're not, we're going to teach the opposite of that. We have teachers that say churches that say, we believe this about eschatology. We're going to teach that, you know, or this, and we're going to teach that same, same amount, um, you know, marriage role, all, all kinds of things. In the Baptist church, you have a more bigger tent where we might say, hey, there's a little more liberty uh, in these areas as long as you don't like make it make it a primary issue right, exactly. or make it a secondary yeah, issue even. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I get some people, we have people all the time who come in and say, hey, this is my theological view. Mm-hmm. 
what do you guys think about that? And it's like, well, we don't teach that. Um, you'll probably be fine here unless you really want that to be an emphasis. And then there's probably, probably need to find another church. Right. I, yes, we've said that to multiple people, yes, you have. know, and most people like really appreciate that. Like they're like, oh, okay, well, cool. And then they're, yeah, I would say by and large, either they're, they're fine with it or they, or well, they are fine with it and they, they stay or they're like, well, well, this may not be the best place. And that's the best church for me to be a part of. And that's, Okay. You know? Yeah. And, and I do think, I do think in this, like as for a friend and then for maybe a leader. So like if someone believes, you know, women can be pastors, right? Well, I think not only is it like that issue, but it's like how they got to that issue is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, because is it that culture is informing them or do they arrive at that from a biblical uh, you know, study. Right. And I, and I think specifically from a leader, it is important to understand how they got there and where they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, teachers are under stricter judgment. So like, you know, right. we, we need to be a little more like, Hey, mm-hmm. this is why we believe what we believe. Um, but I, I would just say ultimately like, you know, this is boggy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you just said is is an important fact. Like we have to take the time to understand why someone gets to where they are in terms of a belief. Is it just something they've assumed? Is it just something that is informed by culture or have they dug in deep and landed ultimately through study of the scripture landed in a different spot? And that's those are all three pretty different conversations. They are, I think, yes. You know, they are different and, conversations. And they take time. So uh which we don't love to give. Well, I real quickly, what do we do when we're not one? Yeah. So I would say (laughs) some questions. First of all, is your desire to be one? Mm, That's good. Um, I read John 17. I think you have it pulled up, right? On Sunday? I did. Yeah. 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 Um, I think we need to really listen to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I love this passage because he's praying to the father for Mm -hmm. us. Like there's something special about that, right? Let's see what verses. Let's see. Yeah, so here's uh, John 17. We'll start in verse 22. The glory that you have given me, I've given to them that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you've given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Oh, righteous father, even though, even though the world does not know you, I know you and these, and these know you that you have sent me. I made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in mm-hmm. them. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a great place to start. Yeah. So you see the unity he's calling us to and not arbitrary unity, mm-hmm. but the unity around the glory of the father specifically expressed in sending the son to show who the father is. Yeah. Well, and you know, a few weeks ago on Sunday, you said you know, unity is not uniformity. Yes. Uh, and I think that's important and the distinctive of unity is that it doesn't mean that everyone is, is the same because God yeah. has created us differently. Yeah. Uh, and, and that ultimately makes us stronger and better as it does the body. You know, this is in, in the new Testament too, you know, the, the, we're one body, many parts, everybody has a part. Uh, and so that's an important thing to remember too, is that it's not uniformity mm-hmm. um, and that differences do actually make us stronger. Yeah. You're yeah. So I would just say like, that's the number one question is like that. Your desire is your desire that, People are unified uh, around Jesus, mm-hmm. period, and the essential of yeah. the gospel of salvation and who God is yeah. and learning about him. Mm-hmm. Secondly, um, 
you know, are you divisive in nature because of pride, because you think you know better than others and you've figured it out or you've arrived or whatever reason you want to say. And I think like, um, you know, that, that is important. And I, and I think that what must guide us is, and I, I said this, you know, even if I have passions and concerns, I must remember that my greatest concern and passion is the person in front of me. Like I, I think I said a little differently two weeks ago, but you know, that, that, that we cannot be divisive people. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean we can't, we, we ever compromise on the truth. I'm not, I'm right. not saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I just don't understand why people who have a great love for God would be incredibly divisive. And as I say that, I mean, I see myself in that. Like sometimes, like I just get impatient and frustrated and, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm just asking Jesus to give me his heart and, and his words in, in those moments of, of communication. Yeah, you know, so. and it's it comes back to just like trusting him, trusting the process, trusting that he's working. And I think, you know, you mentioned earlier the word tension. There's a tension in all this. And I was just thinking about like an exercise, like when you exercise, what makes you stronger is tension, like time mm-hmm. under tension is what leads mm-hmm. to the gains, you know? And I think like the no pain, no gain. That's brother. right. There, there, so there is this tension and the tension that's caused by people uh, having different approaches, different giftings is that it does, it ultimately does make us stronger because it forces uh, not just leaders, it forces leaders, yeah. but it also forces the entire body to, you know, do what's going to come right. later on in Ephesians, submit one to another out of reverence for Christ yeah. uh, to consider each other. And, you know, I would say that even as a leader, if someone come, and we're going in a certain direction, if someone comes to me with a different perspective or a different idea, you know, some leaders would say, well, you're not the leader, so just do what right, I say. Right. But I think what we're striving for as leaders of the church is say, you know what? All right, you're part of this church. Let me listen. And maybe, maybe it doesn't change the the decision that leadership's yeah. made or that a ministry team's made, but it does cause us to consider certain things that mm-hmm. might affect the end result. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all vital. You know, I think about that in worship ministry all the time, you know, like all, all this means is that, you know, like I want to consider everyone and everyone where they are and lead mm-hmm. them to the, the Lord, you know, lead them to see how great God is. And it's going to be different. And it doesn't mean I can you know, you, we can't just take mm-hmm. everyone's favorite request every Sunday, but it does mean that as a leader, I've got to be in tune with where the people are. Yeah. And that only happens when you're listening to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that tension ultimately does make us better. That's a, you know, that's a great, the, those tertiary issues, pastors being more and more willing, leaders being more and more willing to let go of their own preferences mm-hmm. is a great model. And you know, there's a lot of scripture about um, when there is disunity. I mean, how to approach yeah. it. And I just... <sighs> Yeah, I don't know that the church really is that familiar with it. Um, and there's a lot of instruction on what shepherds should be doing and how they're leading. And, um, you know, ultimately, you know, I think that um, we're just trying to live thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven yep. um, with the realization this isn't heaven yet. Mm. I mean, we could talk about so many things related to this. Um 
And I would just say, if you have specific issues, you know, you know, you should, you should bring them up. And, and I, I, you know, if I say something on a Sunday, I'm the primary teacher at our church, you know, um, that you're like, I don't agree with, or I have questions about like, please reach out to me, uh, about that issue. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, and I've thankfully many of you do, and we have meaningful dialogue and, and I don't expect like if you've believed something for, you know, 10 to 15 to 25 years, and I'm showing you a different perspective from the Bible. Like, I don't expect you to just say, well, James said it this way. So I believe it. Like we may never fully agree on that issue and that's okay. Um, you know, as long as we are, focused on what this church is covenanted to teach, which is according to the Baptist faith and message and uh, the essentials of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, and I would say on that note, if you have questions about what we just talked about, feel free to ask and uh, send it to us and maybe yes. we can follow up in a, in a coming episode. Uh, speaking of questions, you've got some questions yes. today that yes. uh, you're going to take this part. Yeah, I'm so. going to ask you, I'm going to let you answer all them right. all first. Okay. <laughs> all of them. All so right. The first is how we does it, how do we decide decide which missionaries we support and how much we support them? Hey, that's a great question. So uh, our missions MLT is tasked with that. So uh, typically we uh, get requests and. You know, our priority would be people from our church, like people from this church that are going. Mm -hmm. So I would say anybody who feels called to the global mission field or even North American mission field uh, from our church, uh, we would discern, hey, what direction and point them first to the International Mission Board, North American Mission Board, see if that's a fit because uh, missionaries with them are fully funded through cooperative program giving and this church's giving. So outside of that, uh, we do have those from our church that God has called and they serve with different organizations. And so our missions team meets with them, vets vets them. Uh, We are doctrinally doctrinally aligned. uh, And then you know, we have some guidelines and we're actually moving. Uh, we're actually discussing those guidelines uh, right now. The MLT is the missions ministry leadership team uh, to really, because we believe as God has blessed our church, uh, we want to That's offer right. more and more mm-hmm. support to the, those that God calls. Uh, so I would say a couple of things we're evaluating that. And, uh, you know, in our, we're working through budget seasons right now and, you know, we are proposing increased budgets of our support uh, for, um, our missionaries, at least, you know, and how it comes all in the end, there's, there's still months to go in this process, but that's the heart of our missions team. And that certainly is the heart of all of our leaders. And so it just comes back to stewardship, like uh, overall, like stewardship of our resources as all the teams come together, uh, talk about budgets, but you also can give above and beyond to support right. them directly. And yes, if you want yes. information about that, uh, you know, you can, um, Shoot me a message and I will point you in the right direction. Uh, and then those, I would say those outside of our church, we do get requests from people from outside of our church and uh, we would consider what is the relationship to this person. Uh, and then do also- Do we get so many requests? Yeah, we do. I mean, a lot. We get spam all the time. I would say yes. spam sometime, a good bit. I mean, then we get legitimate requests from people within the church who know somebody. I'm in from outside, yeah. Yeah, and so then many. we consider those uh, and one, it's based, you know, the first thing is are we doctrinally aligned for financial support? And then two, uh, and there's different levels of support would be like a one time gift or continuing gift, uh, and support, uh, prayer support. And, uh, you know, and beyond that, like, what is the relationship? Uh, and then, um, yeah, what's the need? So, yeah. And then, you know, an ongoing relationship. So we do have some guidelines for those that we support. There's, it's a relationship. So there's expectations from them and there's expectations they should have of us as a church. One thing I would say is that our heart is that when we send people from our church to serve, in missions, that we are still their church, that um, the organization they're going with isn't their church. So mm-hmm. we want to continue that relationship and so of support, of prayer, of pouring into them, checking on them, and all the ways that we can support. 
All right. Second question is uh, kind of in light of the fact that our deacons uh, this past Sunday served communion, served ice cream, mm-hmm. and also uh, explained that they're accepting nominations uh, into their Yoke Fellow or mentoring program right now. Uh, so what do deacons do and how does that differ here from like the traditional role of deacon in the Baptist church? Well, man, Baptist churches are so diverse in their structure. And they so are. it really totally depends on uh, what Baptist church you're talking about and what their deacons do. So uh, what we want to do is look at what the Bible says the That's deacons right. do. That's right. That's right. Uh, and so these are these are people in the church who are servants of the church. Uh, you know, when we see, uh, you know, if you go back and read in Acts, you know, when there were apostles and they were the, the needs were overwhelming, and so they commissioned you know people to to serve the again you know with widows, uh, and it was actually a, a disagreement between the you know the Gentile widows and the Hebrew widows, and there was preferential treatment. So the deacons were called in to help meet those needs. Uh, and um, so deacons are servants of the church. Um, they, yes. are, they are people of character. Uh, you know, um, really here at our church, they are servants of the church. They help carry out ministry. Many of our deacons are serving in ministry teams or serving in kids ministry. They're helping care for uh, widows uh, and and. They're they're moving and trying to help uh, support more in our uh, foster adoptive ministry. Um, they here at our church they do function uh, in our in our church structure as per se an MLT ministry, a ministry leadership, leadership team, team. Uh, which we have the fellowship team. No, excuse, that's old man. That was so old. Where did I say fellowship? Bro, that's that so like, 2020. <laughs> that's right. We had the discipleship team. We had the missions team, the outreach team, the stewardship team, the personnel team, and the deacons as well. Uh, and so each of those has a. Um, did I leave them out? No, nope, so. uh, Each of those has a pastoral liaison, and you are the pastoral liaison. For the deacons. I am. Uh, and so they give guidance, support, feedback, all yeah. those things. Yeah. I mean, simplifying it. Everyone in the church is called to over, over, over simplifying it. <laughs> it. Everyone in the church is called to serve. Yes. And these are men who, you know, at least how we view it, uh, who have a special calling to serve the church really lead through serving. And um, even right now, the deacons are looking at, okay, this is kind of how we've functioned, um, but what are the current needs of the church? And maybe we should reorganize how we function Mm-hmm. to meet the needs, because that's why the deacons started in Acts yeah. chapter six, so that the teaching ministry and prayer would continue. Let's meet the needs that exist. And specifically the overlooked mm-hmm. uh, who aren't naturally being taken care of by the rhythms of the church, because our life groups do a good job of right. caring for each other. Absolutely. But if we're not careful, there's a lot of like for foster care and uh, orphans or special needs and that not everybody gets that. And so mm-hmm. the deacons are saying, how can we do that? Um, what do our pastors need and how can we be there for them? If there's conflict in the church, they would step in and kind of lead the way. And, and, and so I'm just hitting widows. I mean, they, our churches, our deacons do a great job of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's ultimately it. And, you know, they, they are one of the voices in kind of the overall direction of the church on a regular basis. So yeah, where, you might have a Baptist, you might be familiar with a Baptist church who has deacons that function as elders, mm-hmm. uh, because it is unhealthy to have one pastor mm-hmm. who's making all the decisions. Um, 
and who or where every little issue is between him and the church, the whole congregation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you would have these men in these roles. A lot of Baptist churches don't want lay elders because of a reactionary thing, which is fine. Um, so the deacons just function that way. Yeah. And that's probably what you're more familiar with. Mm-hmm. And I my, think okay. yeah, my first experience supply preaching was with a deacon who was smoking in the parking lot outside. And then <laughs> he walked in and he was like, I'm a deacon. I'm like, that's just kind of funny. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we all got those stories. Yeah. yeah. We don't have that. And I think earlier I said servants of the church. Probably a better way to say that is servants in the church. Like they serve Ooh. the church, you know, because that, that in servants of, of yeah, in it makes of. it sound like the church is saying, do this, do it. No, they're, they're just helping carry out the ministry. Yeah. We have one more question, but I don't know if we have time. All right. What do you well, think? Uh, why don't we save it? Let's save, save it, it for next week because yes. it's a good question okay. and I don't think it'll be short. No, it won't be short. It could be the whole topic. It could week. be the whole topic. Let's do it. Okay. The game. Oh, so it's getting hot in here. <laughs> so Sorry, hot. it's been hot in <laughs> it's here. It's been hot. Um, actually feels kind of good in the Boggy Talk oh, studios because we're on. down in the basement. That's right. In the underground. Yeah. Under the Boggy Bayou. <laughs> um, so I'm going to do, do a quiz about heat. Oh, to see how much you know <laughs> about heat and inform people. Dude, science was a long about time hot ago. Heat. First thing is, what uh, city has an NBA basketball team called the Heat? Miami. Good job. I know that. Well, yeah, yeah. Who's the best that. player? Uh, Jimmy Butler. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Hey. Who's another player on their team? <laughs> <laughs> no one knows another player. Yes, they I do. Know. Bam, out of Bayou. Oh, there you go. Come I on, don't man. know. I don't know. I know Jimmy Butler. Uh, we because we were cheering for the Heat uh, in the finals. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy buckets. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in a typical year, around this many, I think people, you're really surprised that I knew Jimmy Butler. I did. I was. <laughs> around this many people die from extreme heat in America. Whoo! This many people die from extreme heat in America. I'm going to go with twenty five hundred. 600. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, maybe this year's going to be 2,500. 600 people are just dying just because of how it's hot, hot it is. Yeah, yeah, that is crazy. I remember um, when I was a kid, we went to Minnesota to visit my family. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the only time I've ever been to Minnesota that I can't remember. And it was like 105 Isn't degrees. Isn't that crazy? And people were dying. Yeah. Like, so because they, they didn't have, have air AC. conditioning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. I'm not that old. It sounds like I'm like- It's like but, people in South Florida don't have heaters. Like, it's like they don't have AC up there. Yeah. yeah. And iguanas die. Yeah. Or fall. It, they it don't happens. die. They stay alive. They, they freeze just, and then they, they come back to life. What if, what if we did that? <laughs> that happens in Baptist churches with people sometimes. Like, <laughs> they sometimes sit on the front They're row. frozen and then all of a sudden, you know, something and they come alive. Uh, anyway. I hadn't heard okay. of you in 20 years, but all of a sudden. Who sweats more, men me. or women? Men. How do you know? Because we're always sweating. Yeah, we're stinky. <laughs> we're nasty. Smell. We're nasty. Yeah. I okay. think like probably like our internal temperatures may be warmer too. Yeah. 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 Which, yeah. Okay. Um, how many sweat glands... Do you have in your body a million around 4 million? Whoa. Hey, I was in the right, you know, comma. Yes, I know. And (laughs) middle school boys, they're all reeking. Do they, do they, they're reeking all 4 million glands. Is that when they're like, do they grow? Do you just get more when you're in middle school? Or is it just because like your body's grown? So you get more or they just are, we're always there. Now they're activated. How does that work? That's the extent of my knowledge. That's the extent of my knowledge. Okay. Okay. Um, how do you treat heat exhaustion? Uh, you uh, go to a cool place. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. To, to, I was like, uh, you go to a cool place, cool rag on your head, try yes, to bring the yes. internal temperature down. Um, that's the first thing is you try to cool off. Um, and then... Yeah, you drink lots of water. I about to say drink yeah. water. Okay. 
Very good, man. But if you sweat a lot, you need to drink some electrolytes in that because you don't want to get water poisoning. Man, look at you. You, I mean, that's real. You are very impressive in what you're saying there, okay? Okay. All right, bring it. Um, Sorry, that question's stupid. That question's stupid. I'm not going to ask that question. Okay. (laughs) How many people, what percentage of people? Percent, okay. Have a health condition that causes excessive sweating? A health condition that causes excessive sweating, like living in Florida doesn't count as a health. Yes, it doesn't. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Five. 4.8. Wow. Round up to five. There we go. Wow. There we go. I was just just thinking like, you know. Did I tell you we were doing this quiz and you just looked up? No, you didn't. Well, you said something about we were going to make it about heat, but I, because it's been hot, but I didn't. So you looked up what (laughs) NBA team is in Miami. (laughs) Not had time to look up anything extra. The highest temperature ever recorded in the shade was what? In the shade. Mm -hmm. Mm. There's like not shade in the desert, so it can't be like a desert temperature. Uh, Maybe the shade of a cactus tree. I'm going to go with 121. 136 degrees Fahrenheit. I was going to say 130. In what country do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with United States in Death Valley. Libya. Oh, okay. Well, that makes way more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. According to NASA, which I don't believe we're even on the moon. <laughs> according, that's to, you okay. mean, according to science, do when, we believe in science? When the temperature reaches 95 degrees Fahrenheit, humans' work output drops by what percent? So we're literally not, not even people inside, right? Like our productivity as a society drops by this percentage. Oh, I believe it because I've been the so tired over 95. This, the past few weeks. Uh, it drops by. 34%. 45%. Thanks a lot, global warming. Okay. What vegetable or fruit <laughs> do you say as cool as a blank? Cool as a cucumber. Yes. Why? Because they are cool. Because they have so much water in them, they they are usually cooler than room temperature. How much cooler? Oh, wow. Uh, I feel like this is like, you got that right. So yeah, now, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, they You're are doing usually, so good. Uh, cucumbers would be... Ooh, 15 degrees cooler than 20. You're wow. pretty right, okay. man. Okay, and 20. I'm just totally, you know. Okay, what's the average temperature on Mars then? <laughs> <laughs> I only know uh, it in Celsius. The too. average temperature in Mars, uh, okay, it's it's gotta be uh, like five degrees Celsius. Negative 63 degrees. Negative. Right? Well, I was like, Celsius. oh, yeah. I was like, didn't they find water yeah, on Mars? Well, yeah, but frozen. that's according to NASA, okay. so I don't know if we can believe Again, that or not. do we believe them and all their no. science? No. Yeah. What, well, what, 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 what could cause you to feel the most heat as a worship leader? <laughs> uh, when you introduce a new song in a traditional When service. people are like, uh, can you sing Breakfast in Hell? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. What, heat song. what do they serve um, in hell? Yeah. Uh, what can bring the most heat as a worship leader? Yeah, people's opinions yeah. presented as fact. Yeah. That's How uh, hot is it in hell? Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah Tim people, Keller has a great quote for that. Because people are like, it's not really on fire in hell. And he says, you know what? Fi-, well, he said, fire could be metaphorical for something something infinitely worse than fire. Woo! Yeah. That's got to be. That's very sobering, man. Yeah. Well, That's why that, we need Jesus. <laughs> man, and praise. we deserve that, right? Praise him. Praise him. Man, we need Jesus. That is the essential, so, right? That is. I mean, if yeah, you can't deviate from that. No, like, you can't. We need Jesus more we than we- need to talk about it a lot. And more than we even know we need Jesus. Like, you think it's, it's an just, essential that the church talks about it a lot? 
Absolutely, okay. because otherwise we're just leading people to make better choices mm. or mm. get cleaned mm, up. This is bonus. You know? this yeah, is come bonus on, body. you know. But it's just like it's like if I tell my kid, you know, speaking of middle scores and sweat glands, our work percent is dropping you know, by forty five percent. That's right, but you know, like productivity. It's just like when you're sweaty, putting on more deodorant. Like mm, you tell, tell someone having a heat stroke, you should wear more deodorant. That's, man, That's preach, like, preach, Jeff. You're having Come a on. heat stroke, but you smell. Let's fix your smell before I take. Like mm. that's what it's like. Mm. You know, you just got. We got to get to the root of the issue. And mm. uh, you were just, you know, you know. I remember so distinctly. Like it's uh, an illustration. It's like putting. Uh, lipstick on a pig, you know, hear mm, that. And then mm, when mm. I was in Korea, uh, a speaker at the chapel at the school, like in the markets there, you could actually like buy a pig, buy a pig's head. And they brought in a pig's head and put lipstick oh, on it. Oh man, that's memorable. But it really is. I should do that like, one Sunday. People would walk out. They would, they would. Uh, absolutely. You mm. could do that when you're teaching middle scores. They, you know, they may get grossed out, but they would think it's cool enough to stay. Yeah. But it's just, you know, if we don't, if we aren't talking about Jesus, mm. what are we talking mm. about? Um, and we can't assume, like, I we think can't. That's, this is really, I think, especially now, like in 2023, yes. we can't assume that there's an understanding of, of, we can't. of who Jesus is. They don't know the gospel, man. Uh, People so, walking around Niceville don't get yeah, it. Yeah, they just, not yeah, everybody. I yeah, didn't know I believe, that, yeah, yeah, every single person. No, but it's, it is, it's assumed that people have a baseline knowledge of who Jesus is. And it's just not, they may know the name mm. and they may not even know the name, but they may know the name, but then their association of what Jesus is, 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 is conflated by so many things that have influenced them or that are the absence of things that should have influenced them to know who he is. And, uh, and so we're kind of at this, we really do have to help non-believers, I think at this point, almost deconstruct who their view of Jesus is and see who the Bible, what the Bible teaches Jesus is and who he is. And, uh, and if we're not talking about Jesus, what are we doing? Mm. Mm. Good that job, note, Justin. There's a, there's a body that's, note. That's, I'm not saying anything that's else. That's an essential. It would just so, be dumb. Yeah, some dumb joke. <laughs> that's right. So, hey, but seriously, if you have questions, uh, we want them. Uh, they help us and they, they make us better uh, because... You may be asking a question that other people are thinking, and you, you may ask a question that we're like, oh, yeah, we actually hadn't thought of that. Or it might be dumb, and you make us better at how to answer dumb questions. <laughs> but either go. way. All of the above yes. makes us stronger. <laughs> and speaking of stronger, you're stronger because you listen to Boggy Talk. Maybe. That's maybe. debatable. Or that's you a, could have just, That's a tertiary issue. Or we could have slowed your work down, your workout. This is like know. a seventh level issue. <laughs> that's right. right. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.